Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Periodical Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, along with the incredible Tavis Killian. Hey, hey, everyone. And today we're going to discuss President Joe Biden's virtual Earth Day Summit held at the end of April and what these new commitments mean for the United States fight against climate change. As always, our discussion today is going to cover the content in this week's periodical that I released on Cinco de Mayo this past Wednesday, May 5th. But enough of this. Tavis, you know what? United States President Joe Biden hosted a two-day virtual summit of world leaders coinciding with Earth Day to address the global climate crisis. The summit, attended by leaders of 40 countries, including big emitters China, India, and Russia, is the first in a string of meetings with world leaders ahead of the annual UN climate talks in November, scheduled in Scotland. That meeting serves as the deadline for nearly 200 countries to update their climate pledges under the International Paris Climate Agreement of 2015. During the Earth Day summit, President Biden announced the United States seeks to slash U.S. greenhouse gas emissions by 50 to 52 percent less than the baseline year of 2005 as he seeks to put America at the forefront of worldwide efforts for combating climate change. By putting the climate crisis at the center of U.S. foreign policy, Biden hopes to set an example for leaders around the world as he asks them to take action to tackle climate change collectively. On April 22nd, or Earth Day, Biden announced the United States would seek to cut greenhouse gas emissions 50 to 52% by 2030 relative to 2005 levels, which is actually roughly twice as ambitious as the previous target of a 26 to 28% cut by 2025 set during the Obama administration. After former President Donald Trump withdrew the country from international efforts to cut emissions, it is now President Biden's goal to confirm climate action is again at the center of U.S. foreign policy. The United States, the world's second largest greenhouse gas emitter after China, is seeking to reclaim global leadership under its direction in the fight against global warming. This is a real sea change in a degree of ambition by the United States government. It's pretty monumental, said Richard Newell, president and chief executive of Resources for the Future, a nonpartisan think tank. This is technically feasible, but a substantial acceleration of existing trends. Biden's target is a significant ratcheting up of the goal articulated by former President Barack Obama to help put the U.S. on a path to comply with the Paris Climate Agreement, which seeks to limit average global temperature increases to 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. The signs are unmistakable, the science is undeniable, and the cost of inaction keeps mounting, Biden said. The countries that take decisive action now will be the ones that reap the clean energy benefits of the boom that's coming. But the ambitious goal would require greatly accelerating the transition of U.S. power, industry, and transportation to cleaner energy sources and greater efficiency. Academics, business consultants, and others who study U.S. emissions say that meeting Biden's targets would require significant changes in two key areas. How the U.S. generates electricity and how it powers the transportation sector. Transportation currently generates 29% of U.S. emissions, followed by electricity generation at 25%, and industry accounts for 23%, according to the Environmental Protection Agency's annual inventory of greenhouse gas emissions. In the power sector, renewable energy is already on the rise, fueled in part by falling costs for wind and solar farms, along with subsidies and state-level mandates. In 2020, 39.5% of U.S. electricity came from zero-carbon-emitting sources, such as nuclear, wind, and solar, up from 29.9% a decade earlier, according to the Federal Energy Information Administration. Still, reaching Biden's goal would require more substantial change. Nathan Holtman, director of the Center for Global Sustainability at the University of Maryland, led a study examining just how to have emissions as Biden has now pledged. 
It concluded the easiest way to attain major reductions would be in cleaning up the electricity sector by largely eliminating coal-fired power plants if they don't have a way to capture carbon emissions and curtailing natural gas-fired power plants. From this plan, a major question arises. As coal power plants come offline at breakneck speeds, how will the electricity sector keep up without building a lot of new gas infrastructure if it is not viable long-term? Many, including James Robo, chief executive of Nextera Energy, Inc., the largest power company in the United States by market value, sees this as an opportunity to expand market reach and value while simultaneously accelerating the decarbonization of the U.S. economy. In addition, the transportation sector is also getting cleaner thanks largely to tightening fuel economy standards and a growing push by major automakers to invest in electric vehicles. Again, the problem arises that the process is currently too slow and the speed of change must drastically increase to meet Biden's target. According to a new Boston Consulting Group report, the U.S. is on path to reduce light vehicle emissions by 50% in 2035, but to accelerate that by five years will require ongoing incentives to purchase electric vehicles and reinstating a cash-for-clunkers-type program on existing vehicles. While American industries are already moving to address climate issues, President Biden's ambitious targets would require them to accelerate this transition. Some segments of the economy would be ready while others would face extraordinary challenges. In the end, it appears all industries are set to face significant new costs and it is unclear how much would be subsidized by the government, tax policies, or incentives since Biden's administration has yet to detail how it will seek to reach this aggressive new goal. The U.S. climate goal marks a milestone in Biden's broader plan to decarbonize the U.S. economy entirely by 2050, an agenda he says can create millions of good-paying jobs, but which many say will ultimately damage the economy. The United States faced skepticism on climate action after the Trump administration pulled out of the Paris Climate Agreement and worked to undo regulations reducing emissions. By placing the climate at the center of U.S. foreign policy, President Biden hopes to, again, cement credibility to the world that the largest cumulative contributor of greenhouse gases is ready to take action. With the stakes rising, many experts say the 2020s are a make-or-break decade in the battle to combat climate change, and Biden wishes to lead the charge. How Washington intends to reach its climate goals will be crucial to cementing U.S. credibility on the issue amid international concerns that America's commitment to clean energy economies can shift drastically from one administration to the next. For now, it is all about action, and so far, Biden's actions have received support from numerous big businesses. Many of these companies have recently pledged to cut down their own emissions. In an open letter to President Biden, dozens of companies, including McDonald's Corporation, Ford Motor Company, and Google, said a more ambitious climate target would guide the U.S. government's approach to more sustainable and resilient infrastructure, zero-emission vehicles and buildings, improved agricultural practices, and durable carbon removal. With Biden's ambitious targets backed by the support of global super organizations, the United States is hoping to convince the world to join the fight in climate change, especially since the U.S. is not the only country with a credibility problem. China, the world's biggest polluter, made a world-leading pledge to reach net zero by 2060. But at the same time, China keeps building and financing coal-fired power plants, the single largest source of greenhouse gases. China added enough coal-fired capacity last year to cancel out a near-record amount of plant closures, according to the Global Energy Monitor. While most of the countries attending Biden's Earth Day summit did not offer new emissions goals, Chinese President Xi Jinping said China expects its carbon emissions to peak before 2030, and the country will achieve net-zero emissions by 2060, while gradually reducing its coal use from 2025 to 2030. 
but even if China upholds its pledges, further action from other major emission-contributing countries will still be required to successfully meet Biden's climate targets. China is a peculiar case for me because they spent a long time in 2020, even part of 2021, importing a ton of fossil fuels, lots of crude oil when it was cheap, and they even added, what, some 30-something gigawatts of coal-fired capacity to their power generation. So yes, while it is nice that they're renewing their agreement, I... I'm hesitant to say that they're actually going to follow through. But again, on a per capita basis, I suppose the United States, someone like me, has no foot to stand on, no room to speak. Well, no, and, that, and that's the thing that kind of you brought up with China, you know, net zero emissions by 2060. That seems like a really long way away. But when you added that much coal capacity in a singular year, what are you just going to phase that out in the next year or two? It, it seems like, uh, again, in the United States is... Y- y- can't say too much because Biden has all these ambitious targets, but there's no roadmap on how are we actually going to get to these places. And the only way that we're going to really cement that credibility to the world that, yes, climate change really is the center of our foreign policy, it's going to be direct action saying, this is how we're going to decarbonize the transportation sector. This is how we're going to decarbonize the electricity sector. Not just saying we're going to, saying how we're going to. Biden asked world leaders to take action to combat climate change collectively as he announced an aggressive new goal for domestic greenhouse gas emission reductions. He pointed to actions the U.S. would take in an effort to reassert U.S. leadership and put the U.S. back to the center of global effort to address the climate crisis after the Trump administration largely disengaged. The signs are unmistakable, the science is undeniable, and the cost of inaction, it just keeps mounting. The United States isn't waiting. We are resolving to take action, not only our federal government, but our cities and states all across our country. Small businesses, large corporations, America workers in every field, he said. In providing support, Europe wants to be the first climate-neutral continent in the world. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said during Thursday's climate summit. Yesterday, we agreed Europe's first-ever climate law with the European Parliament and our 27 governments. With this, we write into stone the goal set out by the European Green Deal, to make Europe climate neutral by 2050. In addition, Prime Minister Justin Theroux said Canada would increase its target for reducing greenhouse gas emissions 40 to 45 percent of its 2000 levels by 2030 and pledged that the country would achieve net zero emissions by 2050. Canada understands that if you don't have a plan to tackle climate change, then you don't have a plan to create jobs and economic growth. Canada is a committed partner in the global fight against climate change, and together we will build a cleaner and more prosperous future for all, said Thoreau. In recent years, Canada has largely lacked other G7 countries in its climate targets, in part because of its need to balance support for its oil and gas sector with a need to cut emissions. Japan joined the group in the pledge to combat climate change when Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga announced Japan would cut its emissions 46% from 2013 levels by 2030, and added that the country would fully achieve net zero emissions by 2050. It will not be easy. In order to achieve that target, we will firmly implement concrete measures while aiming to create a positive cycle that links the economy and environment and achieve strong growth, Suga said. The new emissions target may require Japan to restart more nuclear power plants while retiring coal plants, which the population may be wary of in the wake of the Fukushima Daiichi disaster in 2011. Even South Korean President Moon Jae-in said South Korea will end all new public financing for overseas coal projects and will submit new emissions targets later this year. To become carbon neutral, it is imperative for the world to scale down coal-fired power plants, Moon said, 
though he noted that developing countries still rely on coal and should be given due consideration and access to proper support. Even President Bolsonaro of Brazil pledged to end illegal deforestation by 2030 and achieve carbon neutrality by 2050, one decade earlier than the country's previous net zero commitment. This promise may be difficult because illegal deforestation in the Amazon is primarily driven by agriculture, and Brazilian Vice President Hamilton Mauro recently told Reuters that the country would have to reduce illegal deforestation by up to 20% per year through 2030 in order to reach the target. The practice has soared under Bolsonaro's administration, and since the new commitment is non-binding, Brazil's environment minister, Ricardo Sales, said that for Brazil to enforce its plan to reduce deforestation and carbon emissions by 2030, it will need more resources. This has raised doubt on whether or not the government will achieve the new goal. Unfortunately, China and India, which are the two leading consumers of coal, made no new climate commitments and merely repeated their previous pledges. Although these global promises give the perception that many countries are on board, actually achieving them requires action. All of the aforementioned countries, the United States included, lack any actual roadmap to achieve their emission reduction targets, and the global path to combat climate change continues to be uncertain. World leaders agreed to limit global warming to well below 2 degrees Celsius in the 2015 UN Paris Climate Agreement and set targets to remain below 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Averaged over the entire globe, temperatures have increased more than 1.1 degrees Celsius since 1880, and since the 1980s, scientists note that the rate of temperature rise has accelerated and the world is currently on track for 3 degrees Celsius. In order to avoid this outcome and fall in line with the 2015 goals, the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change announced global emissions will need to fall about 45% by 2030 and reach net zero by 2050, where emissions created are canceled out by removing planet-warming carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. President Biden's intelligence director, Avril Haines, said, With the new U.S. target enhanced commitments from Japan and Canada, and prior targets from the European Union and Britain, countries accounting for more than half of the world's economy were now committed to reductions for achieving the 1.5 degrees Celsius goal. The bigger problem is, this is not where the majority of energy consumption and therefore climate warming pollution will come from before mid-century. In reality, it would make little difference in the global climate change fight if the U.S. and its allies reduce its emissions to zero. Quote, President Biden knows the Paris Climate Accord alone is not enough, not when almost 90% of all the planet's global emissions come from outside U.S. borders. We could go to zero tomorrow and the problem still isn't solved, noted one of the president's two climate czars, John Kerry. Climate change is a global issue, and under Trump, the United States removed itself from a united international effort to reduce emissions under the Paris Climate Agreement to focus on efforts domestically. What Biden has set out to do is become the gold standard of climate policy and lead by example. But even if Biden is able to put the U.S. on an irreversible path to meet his climate policy, more countries need to participate to effectively create global change. Only time will tell if the world actually adheres to the goal being set and goes about tackling their ambitious efforts to build a cleaner world. But that is all we have for you this week. If you're looking to learn a little bit more, find the written version of Kevin's periodical on www.rarepetro.com. And while you're there, you can find all of our other podcasts and segments and even some of our favorite links that we actually use to conduct our research. If you're looking to reach out to both Kevin and myself, you can contact us directly by emailing podcast at rarepetro.com. Otherwise, you can always leave a review. So thanks for joining us. And until we see you next time, take care, everybody. Have a great week.